As the world's only personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment and your DNA, ID Life provides its members with high-quality ingredients backed by pure science. It's science. Check out rockinthatidlife.com and speak with Dustin about how you can reach your goals today. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Centerized Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit centerizedbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Centerized Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go blues! You can't trade Alex Steen. And Regina, or Regina if she were a town in Canada, uh, she responds with, why not Bennington? Real men do drink pumpkin beer. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. Hi there, everyone. I'm Haley Wickenheiser, and this is Let's Go Blues Radio. This is Eddie Garcia from the Fox Sports Radio Network and co-host of the Puck Podcast, and you're listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Hi, guys. This is Erica Weston with Fox Sports Midwest, and you're listening to my favorite St. Louis Blues hockey podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 39 of Let's Go Blues Radio. This is the fully vaccinated, often imitated, but never duplicated often inebriated, extremely uncoordinated, never contemplated, always fascinated, but sometimes exaggerated, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by RockinThatIDLife.com, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. And by CenterIceBrewery.com, St. Louis's first and only hockey-themed brewery. We're broadcasting live to tape on Friday, June 11th, 2021. This is franchise episode number 305 all time. I'm your host, Jeff Ponder, and I'm all alone today. Uh, for your listening pleasure, I'll be talking St. Louis Blues hockey and really hockey in general for the next little while. Uh, to interact with the show on social media, we're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just do a search for us. If you can listen to a podcast, you can certainly search the internet, as Kirk Price likes to say. Have you checked out our Discord server? Blues fans can talk with other Blues fans with either text or voice chat. Three hosts of this show will periodically be in there this summer, especially when any news breaks. For more info, go to letsgoblues.com slash discord. Well, well I, I usually, this is where I say I'm dual live streaming on YouTube and Facebook right now, but we're actually not doing that. Uh, this is uh, probably set to premiere sometime on Friday, uh, June 11th. I'm hoping that uh, this will be premiered by then. But um, yeah, we uh, uh, we just couldn't work out a live show this week, unfortunately. Uh, Kurt has a lot going on with his kids, and uh, I know Bill has been very busy, so... Uh, but don't worry, we've still got a great show for you. I'm looking forward to the guest that we'll have on today. But before we get to uh, the, this superstar guest, uh, let's get to uh, 
the typical show stuff that you hear at this point. Uh, although I don't have any funny, funny jokes to bounce off other people. i got to be a soloist here. Uh, first of all, uh, I am actually recording midday on Friday, so uh, I'm, I do not technically have a beer of the episode, but if I did, it would be this, literally, the beauty right in front of you here. This is the uh, the Center Ice Brewery, the beauty. Uh, I don't, I'm sure people have seen the uh, artwork if you're in the area. Love it. Uh, looks like Brent Burns on the cover. Uh, this is an IPA, but it's the, I've said it before and I'll say it again, the best damn IPA you'll find in St. Louis because I'm not an IPA guy. Uh, but I'll also add that I am, I, I guess I'm supporting both our sponsors right now because I'm drinking my ID life right now, some energy. So uh, also have that to enjoy for the show as well. Mmm. Ah, so tasty. Uh, today in Blues History, brought to you by the STL Blues History account on Twitter. I uh, don't really have anything for today, but uh, tomorrow's a pretty big one. June 12th, 2019, the St. Louis Blues capture Lord Stanley's Cup for the first time in their 52-year history. Um, so, biggest day in Blues history. Let's. I mean, there's no... Except maybe when the franchise was announced to be coming to St. Louis. Biggest day in Blues history. Um, very important day. I, we wanted to actually record a show on uh, on that day, but uh, on, on the two-year anniversary. But unfortunately, it's just Saturdays just don't really work for any of us. Um, question that people always ask with this kind of thing. Like, I remember uh, Mark McGuire hitting his 62 home run, his, his 70th home run as well. And people always ask, where were you? Do you remember what you were doing when that happened? And for me, uh, I I think this is one of those moments. I'm going to be on my deathbed, and I'm going to remember sitting at, at uh, Enterprise Center, watching Game 7 on the big screen, and just going nuts with other Blues fans. Um, going to Ballpark Village after that with my wife and friends, and uh, just literally celebrating all night like we were teenagers again. Um, uh, next day feeling like hell, but cracking open a beer because I was off work because I knew I needed that day off, uh, and making myself feel better right away. So it's, uh, it was definitely a day to celebrate. And, um, coinciding with that, our first news topic, uh, comes from, uh, uh, the St. Louis Blues themselves. Saturday, June 12th is We Went Blues Day. Uh, glad that caught on with Mr. Hall. Uh, Game 7, in their own words, I'm sorry, in their words, will re-air on Bally Sports Midwest at 3 p.m. and 101.1 ESPN Radio will air Kerber's and Vitaly's call of Game 7 against Boston at noon. So again, watch the In Their Words, where you actually have Blues commenting on the game, uh, on Bally Sports Midwest at 3, and then Kerber and Vitaly, their call of Game 7, uh, that's at uh, noon on 101.1. So some very cool stuff to celebrate that day. And I'll be, I'll be at least listening at noon because that's usually my workout time on Saturday. So I will be, uh, tuning in for that as at the very least. Hopefully I'll be watching the, uh, in their words, which I actually never saw. So I'm excited to, to actually see it. Uh, also, uh, within this, uh, Market Street Dream is a painting by American sports artist Rick Rush. Uh, and uh, over at stlauthentics.com, uh, this will be available in print for purchase. 
Uh, if you haven't seen the painting, you can go over to uh, stlouisblues.com and take a look. I'll probably tweet it out, too, so you'll see it uh, if you follow me on social media, at uh, jponder94 on Twitter. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. It's a, it's a cool painting. I like it. Um, anything that depicts the Blues winning the Stanley Cup, I'm all for. So, uh, But, yeah, it's available for in print. Plus, there's going to be uh, multiple deals at STL Authentics Team Store. I don't want to give too much of a, a plug for them because they're not an official sponsor. But uh, you can, again, check all that out over at stlauthentics.com or even stlouisblues.com. They'll have all the details on how you can celebrate We Went Blues Day. Well, more celebratory news as uh, we congratulate the Montreal Canadiens for making it to the conference finals after posting seven consecutive wins, uh, first beating the Maple Leafs in their three final games of that series and then a four-game series sweep of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, So this is big news for uh, co-host Bill Day, who is – he's still celebrating. That's why he's not here. He is just partying it up. It's beyond belief. He's so excited. I mean, and I don't blame him. Uh, you know, watching the Blues win the Cup two years ago. Now Montreal's in the Conference Finals. I think they're calling it the Stanley Cup Semifinals this year, which is really weird because they already have a semifinals with the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. That's the s- second round. It's weird. I-, I don't know what. I guess they're just calling it the semifinal round, which is odd. But anyway. Um, so big news for Bill. Congrats to him. Again, we, we went to center ice, watched game six of the Toronto series with him and, uh, had a great time. Loved seeing how excited he was for his team, his second favorite team. Uh, but the bigger news for blues fans, this means the blues will pick 16th overall in the first round of the 2021 NHL entry draft. If Montreal had lost to Winnipeg, the blues would have picked 17th, uh, since they had, uh, more regular season points than Montreal. But with Montreal advancing to the Stanley Cup semifinal, uh, they get a, a, fir- a final four pick of the first round. So there's 32 picks in the first round now because of Seattle. And uh, so they will pick uh, somewhere between 29, 30, 31, and 32 since they're in the final four, which means everybody slots up one. So the Blues now pick 16th. Um, the last time the Blues picked 16th, kind of a big deal. Kind of a big reason the Blues uh, went on to win a cup. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko uh, was the last number 16 overall pick taken by the St. Louis Blues. So say what you will about him now. I know that uh, he was not on my protected list for the Blues, but uh, if, if my preliminary protected list. We'll see if I change my mind in the future. But uh, yeah, right now, uh, but but hey, who cares? Guy was phenomenal uh, for almost his entire tenure here so far. Uh, and obviously a big part of that Blues Cup win. Um, he had the penalty shot goal, which I'll always remember, against San Jose, and then he had that great goal against Boston. Um, I want to say that was game two, uh, the one where he slid across and I just made a great play and, and Rask had no chance. But either way, uh, 16th overall, that's a great spot for the Blues. Uh, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty with this year's draft uh, since a lot of leagues didn't really play. And some the ones that did didn't play a full season, so there could be some guys taken later in the round had they have played a full season uh, leading up to this. Maybe they go higher, so maybe the Blues do sneak in and get somebody really good who could make an immediate impact. But uh, I wouldn't bank on that. But I do think it's more possible this year than we've seen in previous years uh, with the uh, inability to watch some of these kids play uh, in recent years. 
Uh, well, folks, next up, you're going to hear from Amanda Levier, the winningest goaltender in NWHL history and a two-time Isabel, East, hmm, Isabel, right? Isabel? Isabel. I think it's Isabel Cup champion. Uh, wow, butchered that. Way to, way to introduce the guest. Uh, but first, here's a word from our friends at rockinthatidlife.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Put that energy drink down. Don't you know that common energy drinks contain high levels of caffeine and other harmful ingredients that can lead to increased blood pressure and heart rhythm disturbances? Finding that energy you need for everyday activities doesn't need to put your health at risk. ID Life's energy formula doesn't use artificial ingredients or a massive dose of caffeine. Energy's caffeine levels are released slowly over time, allowing for longer periods of energy without crash, not to mention keeping your heart safe. Energy also includes neurotransmitters Transmitters for mood, focus, memory, and cognitive function. ID Life also added antioxidants associated with brain health for no reason besides perfection. With rockinthatidlife.com, you can get an energy boost and leave the heart risk behind. Text Dustin at 636-393-8745 or visit rockinthatidlife.com and throw those gas station energy drinks in the garbage. That's 636-393-8745 and rockinthatidlife.com and tell Dustin that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. I'm now joined by Amanda Levier, goaltender for the NWHL's Minnesota Whitecaps. She was the 2018 Goaltender of the Year and has won two Isabel Cups as the champion of the NWHL. Her 45 wins in 69 games played is tops in the league, which was formed in 2015. Uh, some pretty impressive uh, playoff numbers, Amanda. But uh, before we get into that, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So we've had um, some really awesome guests in the past. We've had, um, you know, uh, again, I, I said humble brag to you earlier, but Grant Fjord, Bernie Federko, Brandon Bullig, the first St. Louis to ever win a Stanley Cup. We've had some great guests. But then I got to thinking, I'm like, you know, I don't think we've ever had like a like a, as an actual guest. We've had audio from when I was in the media. But as an actual guest, we've never had somebody who is currently playing professional hockey. So you have uh, put us as a new first with this episode. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm excited or nervous now. I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you've done this before. You've, uh, you've done interviews. And, and uh, you know, as I've said, and we'll talk about, your Instagram is one of the best ones out there for <laughs> hockey players. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's just a real honor to have you on. And, um, you know, I, I think our audience is going to really love hearing from you. So, uh, first of all, as I said, you uh, you have 45 wins in your career in the uh, very short time that the NWHL has been around. That is the best of any goaltender to uh, to play. You've played right now. You're with the Minnesota Whitecaps. You've also played with the Buffalo Buttes. Um, what uh, what do you contribute the success you've had in the winning column uh, in your time in the NWHL? I think uh, I've. I've always said this, but I truly believe that a goaltender's stats is a, a reflection of their team. And I've been so fortunate to be able to play on the teams that I have in the past. I, I got to play for Buffalo for two seasons, and I not only had phenomenal teammates, but they were also excellent hockey players who were really supportive of me and, and my development and would come on the ice and, and shoot at goalie sessions or, or whatever I needed 
block shots for me, pull pucks out of the net, um, whatever whatever needed in Buffalo. And then in, in Minnesota, it's just been a dream to play for, for that team. I got to play for the Gophers in college, and I, I really love the atmosphere that Minnesota has. They're just such great hockey people and, and such great hockey fans. And, and being able to play in Minnesota again has been has been so fun. And and my teammates on the Whitecaps are just incredible people, um, just always there for me, supporting me and, and doing whatever it takes to win. I've had a, a couple games where I've given up five goals and, and my team has scored six goals for me, most recently in Lake Placid. So a lot of uh, the win column is, is due to my great teammates that I've had. Um, how, what's the relationship like for and, – and maybe uh, you can speak to the league as a whole since you have um, – uh, experience in Buffalo as well, but what's your uh, relationship like with the NHL team? Like for you right now, the Minnesota Wild. But what was it like maybe in Buffalo as well with the Sabers? In Buffalo, actually, for one year, we were owned by the Pagula family or Pagala. Pagula, P- 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 uh, I think Pagula? so. Pagula. Okay, mm-hmm. I should know that. And that year was was really really cool. We got free meals after all of our games. Uh, we got smoothies when we would go on the bus for away games. We got to go to a bunch of Sabres games, and they would put uh, our games up on the Jumbotron. Uh, just such great marketing by the Sabres and, and helping us out that way, trying to give us more of a, a fan base. And we ended up getting pretty close to, to selling out at, at the Harbor Center for a last playoff game back in 2018. Uh, which was really cool, and I think a lot of that, and we can contribute back to the Sabers being so supportive of us and helping us out. And then in Minnesota, the Wild have been phenomenal for the Whitecaps, and that extends beyond when the Whitecaps joined the NWHL, which I believe was back in 2019, maybe 2018 uh, or 2019. But they've been supportive of the Whitecaps ever since they were founded. I think. Back in, in 2004, there's always been a great relationship there. And we actually practice in the facility of the Minnesota Whitecaps. We practice at Tria Rink, which is a phenomenal rink. It's it's so pretty. It looks over um, the city of Minnesota. And every once in a while, we'll come in and there'll be some wild players there. I personally don't know any any wild players. I took a photo with Zach Parise one time. Uh, again, the... Uh, white cap or the Minnesota Wild helping out the Whitecaps on the marketing side. So we're we're really grateful for everything that the Wild has done for us and are continuing to do. I know it's um, extremely uh, uh, exciting times for you as a Canadiens fan right now. But um, when the season's in full swing and and you're you know you're on the bus, you're in hotel rooms, you're you know constantly up and doing something with with either going to the rink or coming home from the rink. How much other hockey, like it, 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 we'll say the NHL, but any other leagues you might be interested in, how much are you able to pay attention uh, when when you're going full-time as a goaltender for the Whitecaps? You know, I, I think you can learn so much just from watching as much hockey as possible. So I try to stay up to date with the Gophers as much as I can. And the social media world has really helped that out. You can go on Twitter and you can see live updates uh, of the scores in the NHL and and same thing with the Minnesota Gophers where I used to play. I I love just following their social media and seeing what the score is during the game. So I try to keep up with as many college teams 
as I can and as I am a coach and I know a lot of players or a lot of goalies are at different schools that I've coached at at some point so I try to watch them as much as I can and you mentioned it I'm a big Habs fan and it's not the easiest to find a place to watch them in Minnesota so that that's been uh, a little bit difficult but my my dad's a big Habs fan so he sends me game clips of it going on uh, all the time so I get the, the live updates from from him as well as following them on social media. Minnesota Wild and Montreal Canadiens next year meet in the Stanley Cup final. How is that going down for you? Uh, the Habs are winning in four. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> I think that's like a, a, a curse for Minnesota anyways. They seem to lose uh, in in playoffs anyways. They have a really good season and then they choke in the playoffs. So I, I would actually think that would be a really good series if that could happen. I'd feel really confident for the Habs, but don't tell any of my Whitecats teammates I said that because they're all wild, big wild fans. Oh, yeah. No, that's uh, that, that's between us and, you know, the, the five people that listen to the show. So you don't need to worry <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's funny because uh, on, on one of our shows here, right, we had a show, I think it was the night before Game 7 between uh, Vegas and Minnesota. And uh, my co-host Kurt and I were sitting here talking and we're like, Oh man, you know what would be really awesome is to see Minnesota go all the way. Those fans deserve it. Man, they Oh, the Blues finally got over the hump. It'd be nice to see a Minnesota team finally do it. And then the next night they're eliminated. And I'm like, "Yeah, we, we maybe spoke a little too soon. We probably should have just held that conversation for the summer." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk to you about your Instagram. Um, and this is something that I've I've actually I think I've even said on social media that uh, I love your Instagram. Uh, I followed you for a little while. Um, it is, it, it, for anyone who doesn't know it, it's uh, it's Mandy underscore Levier, which is L-E-V-E-I-L-L-E. Um, you uh, you post some really awesome stuff, and um, you know I'm not I'm not just saying that because it's like oh she's a professional hockey player, so she posts these great pictures. No, you're you are going out in the world. And doing seemingly stuff that that anybody else does, and but you're doing it with all your goalie gear on, and I just I love that idea because we always joke like you know what if a baseball catcher uh, wore full goalie pads how mobile would he be you know and and uh, I'm seeing you do this you're riding a stationary bike you're roller skating in a park you're getting a massage I mean. <laughs> the stuff that you do is so funny. Where did you come up with the idea to do something like this? So way back, I think maybe five years ago, my first year in the NWHL, I got brand new Brian's pads. Um, I think they looked super cool. I don't know if anyone else did, but they had like lightning bolts on them. And since I am a Canadian, we had a little bit of an issue with the visa. So I hadn't got my visa yet and I wasn't able to practice. And I got these brand new goalie pads and I just had to wear them so I put them on and my mom was yelling at me to go walk my dog or something I didn't want to take them off so I took my dog outside and tried to take him for a walk in my goalie gear my mom ended up snapping a picture of it and we we posted it on social media and I I maybe at that point had like 20 followers and they were all my teammates and that photo got so many comments and quote retweets or whatever whatever you do on instagram where somebody else retweets it i don't know all these technical terms of it but it's just it kind of blew up a little bit and then our manager from 
our social media manager from the Buffalo Buttes tweeted it out. And I think it got like 80 retweets or something. And uh, just a lot of people were, were smiling about it. And once I finally was able to go to Buffalo, my goalie partner at the time, Kelsey Newman, wasn't working. And we decided that since that got a pretty good uh, an audience reached and we seemed like it might bring some attention to the Buffalo Buttes uh, through social media, we thought, hey, let's just do random stuff in our, our gear. And we ended up forming a really good relationship over it. And we just, ever since then, both of us have put our goalie gear on and just done normal things. But when you have goalie gear on, it looks a little strange. I will say we've got some pretty interesting comments from just wearing our stuff uh, in the street and, and all over. And if anyone's trying to get in shape, I highly recommend just buying some goalie gear and just trying to do everyday things like brushing your hair, <laughs> going for a walk, anything. It is like it is full on training when you're trying to like go skateboarding in your gear. Or even like I said, just brushing your hair. It's, it's difficult. So it's good workout for us. As yeah, we're I was, doing it as well. I, I recall being in high school and um, in practice, anytime we missed the net, we had to, and I'm sure you've had something similar. We had in all of our gear, drop down and give the coach 20 uh, push-ups. And, and it was, it was difficult. So you, you wanted to hit the net, you know? And so I'm sitting here thinking like how miserable that was. But then I see you, you know, again, riding a stationary bike with goalie gear on. I'm like, good Lord, she's doing this to herself. <laughs> yeah, there are something that one was pretty hard. I kept trying to, I was trying to pedal and like my straps would get caught in the, in the pedals and I would not go very far. So it, I don't know how much of a workout it was. It was more just a struggle to try to keep my feet on the pedals. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's good stuff. I, uh, yeah, I, I actually think I saw the one with you walking the dog. I didn't realize that was the first one. So all I, yeah, to, that was the very first that's a one. Good one. Not, <laughs> not, I don't recommend anyone else do that. He got away and we had to chase him down. So not a good <laughs> I idea. <bet. laughs> yeah. I can just see you like running around with full goalie gear on. Oh my God, I lost my dog. You, have you <laughs> yeah. seen my dog? What the hell are you wearing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anyone would help me look for my dog at that point. They might think. I'm... Everybody, kids, go inside. Stay away from the crazy lady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, talking about uh, maybe growing up, and obviously, you know, at an early age, I'm sure you were playing hockey and probably moving into the goal spot. But um, you know, who did you maybe idolize growing up as a as a goalie? Whether it's you know. Um, I know you're fairly young, so I don't know if, um, you know, Zabatos was was out barnstorming at that time. But, um, you know, and, and maybe even an NHL goalie, you know, who was a who was somebody you really idolized when you were kind of coming through the ranks? I had a couple of goalies, but Shannon Zabatos was my favorite by far. Um, I actually stopped the way that I do today because I saw a photo of her online and she was stopping a certain way. And I just wanted to emulate everything that she was doing because uh, she was such a, a big inspiration to me. When I was growing up, I actually played boys AAA hockey. I, I wasn't playing girls hockey. And one day I was getting ready and one of the other boys' parents uh, came into the room and sent me or gave me this article of Shannon Zabados and it was talking about her playing, I th maybe it was junior hockey somewhere. And he was like, you should really watch this uh, goalie. She's awesome. And ever since that happened, I had just been enamored with her and I still am. I know she, I don't know if she's playing anymore, but I follow her on Instagram and, and she, 
I think the coolest moment for me in the NWHL was when I was walking out onto the ice and, and Shannon Zabados was standing in all of her goalie gear in, in a Buffalo Buttes jersey about to play against us. Just super cool. This is someone who I grew up idolizing, someone who is idolized by so many uh, hockey goaltenders and even players in general. And just playing against her in a game was just so so cool uh so exciting so she was a big one and then Cristobal Huey he was a Montreal Canadiens goalie when I was in eighth grade and me and my dad watched every single game on RDS and I was such a big fan of his and uh he actually ended up getting traded that year and Carey Price came in so um then I became a big fan of Carey Price and everyone knows Carey Price is pretty uh pretty good at what he does he helps keep the Canadians in some games yeah he's okay you know, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's no, he's no Tom Barrasso, but you know, no, I, uh, Carey Price is right now, obviously killing it in the NHL. We'll see how he does in the conference, uh, final or whatever they're calling that. I think they're calling it the Stanley cup semifinal this year. I sure. Whatever. Um, but, uh, is there a goalie right now in the NHL that you watch and you're like, I play a lot like that guy. Uh, you know, I wish I could say that I did i used to try to play like carrie price but he is so technically sound um and just very clean in the crease and i am like the complete opposite i am chaotic i am flopping all over the place even though i i am trying i'm getting better at it but i'm trying to be a little bit more technical and and stay within my post rather than sliding around but i have been told i look a lot like tim thomas i don't know if he's still playing um which is I guess a compliment in a way because he made it all the way up to the NHL, but he's also a goalie that just flops around. So I don't know if, especially with my size, I'm, I'm only five four, and I think what most goalies in the NHL are like six foot two now. Mm. I think mm-hmm. the average height is, so I can't necessarily play like them. I wish I was a little bit taller. I think if I was six foot, that would be a good height. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, I in in. Obviously, you know, you're talking to a lot of NHL fans that are going to be listening to this show. Um, so if you are talking to an NHL fan and you're wanting to to tell them, hey, come check out an NWHL game, what's one part of your game versus the NHL game that you feel is different, if there's anything that stands out? Uh, there's a lot of different things. We don't have hitting in our in our league, which changes the gameplay a lot. Um you can't just body check someone and get them out of the way. So there's a lot of skill that is involved and necessary uh, to be able to to play in the NWHL. Um, not a lot of people are huge, so we have some phenomenal skaters, too, uh, that I'll name Ali Thunstrom. Uh, I'm not sure if many people are familiar with her, but I think most people are. She was MVP in the league uh, two years ago. She is one of the fastest skaters, I think, probably – could compete pretty heavily with maybe with some of the NHL players. She's almost made the Olympics for um, speed skating, just super, super fast. And one that a lot of NHL players will know is Kendall Coyne. She also played in the league and Allie Thunstrom and Kendall Coyne are, are very similar with their skating and very quick. So the game is, is very quick and, and very fast and, and a lot different from the NHL without hitting. There is some contact, but there's a lot of skills NWHL again. There's you know there's uh, I'm sorry six teams now. There are six teams. You are yeah. correct. So um, 
I personally love uh, the the Connecticut jerseys. Whitecaps jerseys are great as well. But in your eyes, uh, what's the best jersey in your league? I know you have to say Minnesota, but if that if we took that off the table, who was it? Oh, okay. So this might sound a little bit biased because I played for them before, but the Buffalo Buttes. I think they have such awesome jerseys. That baby blue doesn't really mm-hmm. seem like a hockey color, but when you're a goaltender, like just think about all the customization that you can do with your pads to make them look super cool. So I, I gotta say, the Buffalo Buttes probably have the best jerseys, and their name is pretty cool, like Buttes. Like that's that's pretty awesome. So Buffalo is up there. I'm not a huge fan of the Pride jerseys, so I think we'll put them down at at, at six. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm still a little angry at the Pride. They beat us in the Isbell Cup, so. You know, they got mm. the they got the worst jerseys on that end. Clearly, clearly. I'll yep. agree with you. <laughs> um, so it, we're we're jersey nerds on this show. Like, for example, when the uh, uh, retro reverse jerseys came out in the NHL, we we had a whole show. Where we literally just rated every single one. So you as a goalie and as a hockey player, I'm sure you're a little bit of a jersey nerd, too. What's what's your favorite looking jersey you've ever seen of all time, all time? All time. Oh, my goodness. Um, probably a Montreal Canadiens white jersey that had – or actually, you know what? No one will probably know what this jersey is, but my all-time favorite jersey was a uh, jersey that the Gophers use at our outdoor classic game. It had, uh, like, yellow tops with maroon, and I believe it said – minnesota right across the top you'll have to look up a a photo of it that was probably my favorite jersey that i've played in and probably the best jersey that i've seen personally um but that's kind of a boring answer saying it's the minnesota jersey so any montreal canadians jersey is is pretty cool i think they did one retro one that looked like kind of a leafs jersey which i thought was super weird and carrie price had um his all brown gear on and it just looks super vintage but really cool you have that maybe you can find a photo of that one too but those ones are i think probably my my favorite ones i'm looking at the the gold gophers ones uh it looks like there's a 2014 classic yeah and it's got like the yes the red and yellow stripes at the bottom yeah, that is yeah, cool. Yeah, and then it's, it says Minnesota, and then it has the, the number right on yeah, the Yeah, that is really yeah, cool. And I'm not really usually cool? a fan of the, the numbers on the front, but that is really – that's slick. That's a good look. Yeah, that, that was a cool one for sure, in my opinion. I don't know yeah. what other people think. <laughs> no, that is a good one. I'll have to share that one on social and have everybody take a look. Um, I That's where I wanted to go to school, though, so I think I'm a little partial. Uh, I was always said I was going to be a golden gopher, but then I realized uh, – I, I skate like a lumberjack, so that never <laughs> happened. Um, but uh, don't worry, I'm still playing, still skating like a lumberjack. But yeah, uh, didn't didn't make it anywhere past high school. I realized at that point. I think your your job's in the press box, not on the ice. <laughs> um, so if you uh, if somebody were to stream the NWHL, and and I've I've shared this on the show before, but um, you know how does somebody supposed to stream to watch nwhl games if they wanted to down here in st louis they can go on twitch so twitch is a a really awesome app that allows you to live stream events Uh, a lot of gamers use it um and the nwhl uses it and it's a really cool platform because it allows you to comment live while the game is going on and then 
um, you can, if you miss the game, you can go back and watch it and you can see all the comments coming in, which is really cool. Um, especially this year with everything that was going on with the pandemic, it was a way where everybody could be connected through watching sports and just having that community of talking with people online while the game's going on and being able to type goal when someone gets scored on or if a goalie makes a save, just saying their name. And sometimes I'll go back and, and watch uh, the the Twitch stream after it's done just to see our team play. And it's cool to look through the comments. And you can watch it pretty much anywhere. My parents are from Canada, and they love going on Twitch and watching it there. So it's across all the states anyone can go on there and watch any game that they want you can see highlights uh, it's just a really cool and easy platform to use i think you only have to make an account and then it's free and you're good mm-hmm. to do whatever you want on there yeah no that's that's great um so i wanted to ask you uh one more thing about uh you know playing in the nwhl so obviously this past year and a couple months uh covid19 has had a huge impact on every sport every well everything in the world um so knowing that i know you guys had your bubble you did the bubble tournament um but going into this coming season are you guys starting on time when do you guys start and um you know again when people want to start streaming uh nwhl games so as far as i know so far minnesota has lifted a lot of their guidelines on covid all rinks are open right now um you don't have to wear a mask when you go in the rink. There's no social distancing policies in place. Locker rooms are open. It's kind of feeling like it's getting back to normal, at least in Minnesota. So our camp or our first camp is going to start in August. That's the free agency one uh, where players can come try out. Returning players come and get ice. And actually, we are starting skates every Sunday night at, I think, 6 p.m. We're just going to scrimmage with a bunch of current college D1 players, um, some former retired players as well, just getting our, our legs back and making sure that we're sticking together as a group. Um, as we believe in Minnesota, the relationship off the ice is just as important as the on-ice chemistry. So we're we're excited to be able to do it. As last year, we weren't able to skate as a team at all until September, and then it, it felt like someone would get exposed to to COVID every second practice. So we were getting shut down. We weren't able to to play. So it's definitely going to be a different summer this year. And I, I'm looking forward to being able to be on the ice with my teammates and to, to do what we love playing hockey. So we uh, can expect games to come in October. And I believe we're going to be able to have fans, which is super, super cool. We really appreciate the fans that we have in Minnesota. They're awesome. They bring great signs to the game. They fist bump us as we're coming on and off the ice, even if we're losing the game or we're winning, whatever it is. They're they're there to support us, which is really cool. So we're we're super excited for the season that we we have uh, coming up. Uh, even though we loved our season last year, it was a little bit different. But we're we're really excited for this year. Well, of course, Minnesota fans are happy. They've gotten Is- Isabel two time Isabel Cup champ in their crease. Of course, they're. <laughs> It, they're, they're excited to have you. <laughs> I think they're just excited for Minnesota to have a team, right? Yes. Um, yeah, you talk to the league offices for me and tell them that uh, St. Louis is ready for an NWHL team. We uh, we support our hockey down here, and, and again, this is why I wanted to get more people uh, viewing women's hockey because it's a growing sport. Um, 
I was in New Jersey a couple of years ago and I actually well stopped in Buffalo and saw the Buttes practice and um and I just thought man this is uh this is awesome. You know, I mean, you said that the speed, the skill, the hands out there. I mean, you know more than anybody. You you face these people on a on a nightly basis having to stop some of the shots that come your way. Um there's just so much great skill in that league and um I just Again, I think St. Louis is ready for it. So uh, go get us a team, please, and and St. Louis will love you. Yeah, let's make that <laughs> happen. Uh, we actually had uh, – we have an all-star game in a different city over here. Maybe we can get an all-star game up in St. Louis. That would be there you go. That would be really fun. Yeah, we'd love to have you. Uh, so uh, one more thing I want to talk to you about, and this is a big reason I wanted to actually have you on the show because I, I thought you provide a unique inspective, uh, perspective. Uh, Taya Curry – uh, for those who don't know, she's the 16-year-old. She became the first woman to be drafted in OHL history. She was taken in the 14th round, number 267 overall. Uh, she's only 5'7", uh, but hey, you've showed, you've showed us that uh, even a 5'4 goalie can have some success in these leagues. And uh, and obviously, it throwback to the old goalies of Grant Fuhrer's day, for example. He was a smaller guy. And uh, but it it's noted that she's a great athletic goaltender with an excellent butterfly style, and um, again just drafted into the OHL first time in history, huge deal. Uh, what do you think this means going forward for women's hockey? I think well, congratulations to her in the first part. That is so awesome on so many different levels. Competing with the boys is not easy. Uh, physically and mentally, as there are a, a lot of guys that can say some some nasty comments at times, and even girls. So she must be a, a really mentally strong girl, as well as an unbelievable goaltender. And it's just so cool for uh, goalies in general. I coach a lot of goalies, as that's my full-time job, and I, uh, so many of them were just retweeting that she got drafted, and all of them were just super excited about just the potential. And I think there are a lot of really talented girls that are playing boys hockey, but also playing girls hockey as well. And and to see the talent that is coming up and the growth of women's hockey in general, I think it's in, in really good hands with all of these players. And I, I'm really excited to see where it goes. And, and you mentioned that she's five, seven. So that's just such a, a cool thing for young goalies to see as well. Cause there's not a lot of tall female goaltenders right now on five, seven, it isn't really that tall in the goalie world. So for female goaltenders to see that, and even guys in general to see that somebody of that size can get drafted is really cool and can give a lot of people hope because so many people as goalies are told, you're too small, you, you can't play at the next level. And, and she's not only breaking that barrier as being a female playing, playing, but also that height barrier that a lot of people are told, you can't do this because of your size. So congratulations to her and I, i'm really excited to see what she decides to do i don't know if she's going to play in the ohl or if she's going to go the college route but whatever way she does I, i'm excited to see it and i know a lot of goalies that i coach are are following her and will be excited to see her journey as well yeah i think uh her her following numbers on twitter or instagram i saw jumped up like Six hundred thousand percent or something um, when she was drafted, people were like, "Whoa, we got to follow her now." So yeah, it was, it's crazy. Uh, she's she's blown up, which is great. Uh, I love to mm-hmm. see it. Uh, you mentioned, you know, obviously playing against men. It's a it's a it's a different game than playing against women. Um, and I actually, I, this is gonna. 
I told you before that I'm a fan of women's hockey, and you're probably like, oh, I hear that from everyone. Well, here's an example of why. Uh, I mentioned uh, Shannon Zabados earlier. I actually went up and saw her play in Peoria, Illinois, uh, when she signed on with the Peoria Rivermen uh, of the SPHL, I think is where they were at. And so my, a couple of my friends and I saw that she was coming down there to play, and we're like, that's a two-and-a-half-hour drive. So we went and saw her play her second game of the season. Unfortunately, the uh, the Rivermen were not a very good team. They got smoked. But oh, no. it was really cool. I mean, I think she's, what, a three-time Olympic gold medalist. I mean, just unbelievable talent and to be able to see her out there and and playing her style against men and and coming up with some big saves i think she faced like 15 shots in the first period and it was unbelievable so um do you think that and obviously maiden rayom's another trailblazer that uh that blues fans know as well um do you think that that one day we might see a, a female in the net in an nhl game I think so. I, I mean, my um, my family would always talk about this, but like, I think it's going to be a goalie. That's if a female makes it to the NHL, I think it's going to be a goalie because you don't have to worry about that hitting, uh, hitting aspect of the game. So I think it it could happen. There are a lot of really talented female goaltenders that are are coming up, and the coaching is just getting better and better. Opening up for females. I know when I was growing up, there weren't very many opportunities for me to participate uh, in camp. So I know that's improving and and it's opening up, and there's a lot of opportunities uh, for these females coming up. So I think it could happen. I don't I don't know when. Maybe it will be um, the goaltender that just got drafted. Uh, I'm I'm not sure, but I think it could happen. It would be really cool if it did. But there's also it. I was going to ask, what about Amanda Levier? I mean, your playoff numbers. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make you blush here, probably, but 956 save percentage in the playoffs in the NWHL. I don't know if you're aware of that. That's unbelievable. Holy cow! <laughs> good, good teammates, good defense. I guess they probably are blocking a lot of shots for me. No, I don't think that would be possible for me. Um, but I I will say when I was maybe 15 or 16 there was this program in Kingston called fine line and a bunch of NHL guys would come there and they would do their training. And I somehow got a call to go out on the ice with them. I, I was maybe 15. So I was young and, and um, not quite as tall as I am now, but I got to go on the ice with them and Matt cook actually took a, a slap shot that hit me in the face and just like, broke every buckle off my helmet but that was that was super cool to be on the ice with those guys and and another person took like a shot from the point that hit someone in the face and their teeth like popped out in my crease there's blood everywhere and like nobody stopped I guess this is like pretty common for them that this happens because nobody (laughs) stopped nobody saw if he was okay the game just kept going on I got like this giant puddle of blood in my crease and nobody like no big deal. Um, so that that was uh, that was pretty cool to be able to com- compete with those guys when I was younger. I don't know how many pucks I stopped. Only the ones that hit me. Uh, Taylor Hall was one of the players that was oh, wow. out there. Yeah, he hit my knob and my stick went flying. And I think that was the only save that I made on the ice. But it was cool to <laughs> get get invited to to do that. But there are, there are some. They just shoot the puck so quick. I don't know if the stick uh, improvement of the stick has anything to do with it, but 
guys and even girls too can just rip the puck now it's not always fun being a goalie when you get one off like the collarbone or the neck or even the fingers but <laughs> just a lot of uh, a lot of areas that can get hurt from people with how hard they shoot yeah i mean i i would love to uh to show you some of the bruises that i have from my most recent game i i blocked like four shots and i got one right here and right here and and i'm just like Man, I, I just played beer league. I couldn't imagine <laughs> facing the the quality shots that you face. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Actually, in Lake Placid, I got one. I forget who. There was the Toronto defenseman, really tall, just took a slap shot from the point that hit me square on my collarbone and my neck, and my neck was all cut up and, and bruised. And they actually scored, like, right after that play. I couldn't move my arm. <laughs> I got off the ice for, like – probably three or four minutes before the, they said it wasn't broken and the coach was like, all right, you're going back in. Um, but yeah, there's some, some off the collarbone that I've had that have left me unable to move my arm for a while. But that's, I guess that's all part of the position, right? We right. choose to stand behind the a puck getting fired at our head constantly, yeah. constantly. <laughs> that's why I don't, we always say it takes a special kind of person to be a goalie. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think so. I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this uh, this was awesome, uh, Amanda. This is uh, uh, we'd love we love having you. We'd love having you again. I'm sure in the future, if you'd be interested, uh, I'm going to start the push to get women's hockey get an NWHL team down here. I think it would do very well. We've got a ton of great rinks out here, um, and I think it would be awesome. So if you're ever if you ever find yourself down here in St. Louis. Uh, make sure you let us know, and we'll, uh, you know, the, the hosts of the show, we can take you around, show you all the great rinks, and um, and maybe even take you to our uh, our hockey themed brewery out here, which we love. Ooh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds good. Cool. Um, well, uh, again, this is uh, this is the winningest goalie in WHL history, Amanda Levier uh, from the Minnesota Whitecaps. You can follow her on Twitter at Mandy. And then it's L E V E I L L E two nine, and uh, again on Instagram as well. I recommend looking her up because uh, she's she posts some really great stuff. So uh, thank you very much for, for joining us today, Lev. And uh, again, we'll have to have you on again sometime. Awesome! Thank you for having me. Of course. Centerize Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey-themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey-inspired beers, such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout, their Lime Sherbet Sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game, or any game. Visit CenterIceBrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues. Please drink responsibly. And that will do it for this show, folks. Uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com and get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's 
hockey-themed brewery. Visit centericebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their awesome tap room. While you're there and enjoying a number of their fantastic beers, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. Well, again, I want to thank Amanda Levier for, or Lev, as she likes to be called, for coming on. It was a lot of fun talking to her, as I said uh, in the interview. Uh, check her out on Instagram. She's hilarious. Everything she posts is great. Uh, and I, I just want to, anybody, especially if you play the game or if, and if you're a goalie, and I told Bill he needs to make sure to follow her now. Uh, I've been following her for a while. She's hilarious. Uh, just great stuff. So if you haven't done that, make sure you give her a follow if you're on Instagram. Uh, well, that will do it for episode 39 of season 9 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go, Blues Radio. Thanks for listening. Uh, it's always a great time, whether I'm live or not. Uh, so thank you very much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Uh, for the on assignment, Kurt Price and Bill Day, I'm the superb host of Let's Go Blues Radio, Jeff Ponder. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.